I asked this colleague, dear, dear friend and colleague, I was like, hey, can you write this article for me? <laughs> and he said something like, you know what, man? Your strategy of moving fast and breaking things is part superpower, but also part mentally retarded. <laughs> Which is, it's not, first of all, it's not inclusive language. And second of all, it's an insult. Welcome to the Mindful Agility Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Greening. If you're just joining us, this podcast helps you develop two uncommon skills, mindfulness and agile. These skills have delivered social and corporate success to those who understand them, but neither mindfulness nor agile is intuitive. Otherwise, everybody would be a lot more successful. But if you develop those skills, and we're here to help, you'll have a leg up. I'm joined today by Ankur Shah Delight. Ankur runs a consulting business which helps executives operate more mindfully, and he's here today to talk about his trigger translator system. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So the, the whole concept of the trigger translator, which the term we kind of came up with together last time we talked, and it's there's obviously a bit of a bit of humor in there, but the deep insight behind it is that every conflict and every time we're triggered has information and insight that's bringing us forward. Yeah. And so we can take these moments and instead of being triggered and being like, oh, screw you, we can recognize like, oh, this is a moment to go a little deeper mm. and to grow a little bit. Mm. I like that's that. The, that's, that's the deep level, right? And on, on the surface level, what it looks like is you say something that pisses me off <laughs> and, and I try to understand, well, first of all, I make, I make it clear in my mind that most likely, this is not all of us the case, but most likely you're not trying to piss me off. Right. Right. So I give our relationship the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And then I try and translate, like, what is Dan actually trying to say? Mm. What is he needing right now? What is he wanting? What is he meeting? And he said it in a way that triggered me, that pissed me off. Yeah. But if he could say what he wants or kind of his deepest needs in Marshall Rosenberg's NBC language in a way that I could hear, what would he say? And then I just translate it for you. <laughs> so rather than help. putting the burden on you of like, <laughs> oh, you should say things the way I need to hear them. I'm like, hey, man. I got that. I'm just yeah, going to rephrase yeah. it to myself. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I, I love that idea. You know, like this whole triggering thing, the way it was presented to others is that you should announce your trigger words and then people should avoid triggering you. Right. But that's honoring reactivity in a way. Whereas mm -hmm. I think to become more successful, we want to be able to encounter these triggers and kind of lean into them and use them as a mechanism for better understanding of the person we're talking to or the situation we're in. Is that fair? I, I think so, but I also think there's room for both. You know, so okay. for me, if the priority is the relationship mm. and the fact that my personal spiritual growth and my executive function depends on how we do in this relationship, then I want to make space for, for both. So I want to take ownership 
of my own baggage to the extent that I can. But I also want to acknowledge whatever you want to share with me and work with it. So if we, if we come to a meeting and I'm like, oh yeah, my course is going to bombard you with knowledge. And you're like, hey man, I was in Hiroshima. I got, I, I, my family witnessed like the raiment of destruction of the atom bomb. This military bombing language is like not great for me. Yeah. Like then in the whole rest of our interaction, I don't need to, I don't, I'm not attached right. to the word bombard. That's right. I'd be like, dude, I, my, my, my course is going to bathe you in knowledge. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I, love can, it. I can work with that. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So whenever you say bombard, I should translate that in my mind using the trigger translator to bathe if I'm really adopting this strategy and I am triggered by bombardment. Yeah. And so if you can, right? But yeah. that's what I mean about the relationship. Like if you're, if you're able to use the trigger translator, great. And don't bother me. Yeah. But if you can't, then you make that known. And then I'm like, I'm your buddy. I'm going to work with you. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Very subtle. So we have a quote here about translation. This quote is for translators who are translating big volumes of prose into another language. The essence of translation lies in taking what is unsaid in a work from one language to another. One needs to understand what went into making the original. Then one must dismantle it and rebuild it in the other language. That's Vivek Chanbag. Do you have thoughts about this quote? Yeah. I mean, so that's beautiful. I don't know. I don't know that gentleman. I don't know where you found that, but that is, that is exactly it. And if, so if we use, you know, NVC, nonviolent communication, Marshall Rosen- Rosenberg's approach, or if you think about in the mediation world, you know, Ken Cloak and many others talk about the interests behind the positions, you know, kind of the getting to yes idea. It's exactly the same. You know, we come into the discussion with the word, you know, Neruda uses a certain word. Or, or we're in a negotiation and I'm like, I have a certain demand. But what we really want is to understand like the deep feeling behind that, mm. right? the need behind my feeling in Marshall Rosenberg's word or the interest behind my position in the getting to yes model or like actual like, what is it that moves me if I want to translate Neruda into English about that? And, and this guy, it's exactly right. It's what's unsaid. Yeah. Because if you just put it into... Babblefish or whatever the current translators. I was probably like a 20-year-old one. <laughs> You're not going to get what's unsaid. You're only going to get what's said. Right. Right. With the most common understanding of that language. Whereas each of us has our individual dialect in a way, right? Could you go through the steps of the technique for us? Yeah, great. All right. So it's basically a six-step technique. There's a little bit of a loop in there if we want to throw it in. But step one, and this is really easy, everyone can do this, maybe it happened to you today, is just to get triggered. <laughs> get triggered by somebody else's comment. Take something personally, mm. you know, either some random person on the bus or someone who's trying to work with you. Just just go ahead, take it personally. <laughs> and then, that's, that's the easy part. <laughs> step two is the hard part. Step two is the pause. Mm. And this is like the essence of what, you know, meditation is all about, right? Mm, just like yeah. breaking the cycle of, sensation and reaction but having this like moment no matter how small the pause and the pause then allows you to do step three which is kind of what vivek is saying in this quote to look for the essence in the state 
if you can separate the form from the content, what is worth keeping? What, mm-hmm. what is really unsaid that is contributing to the relationship? It's, right. And so you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're basically guessing. It's a hypothesis. Yeah. You have to guess. You know? But you so want to, if I, so your idea is to, to guess beneficially. Right to guess, yeah, yeah. Uh, to assume oh, yeah. our relationship is good, or you know, even if we're just acquaintances, your intentions are good. So, what's going on here? What's the good part here? Well, I think it's a little more radical than that. Mm. It's it's to assume that no matter what is going on, even if your intentions aren't good, or maybe you're just not thinking of me, which happens a lot in communications. Mm. I'm thinking about myself, not the other person. Just understand what your needs are. And most of your needs I can relate to. Mm. And most of the ways that you're poorly communicating, I've also done that. Yeah. And I can relate to. So if I get on this podcast interview with you and I'm five minutes late and you're like, God, you're such a jerk. <laughs> you know, I could either be like, F you, Dan, or I could pause. I could do number three and be like, oh, do you have a time constraint? Right. That's a little different than what I'm saying, right? I'm already acting. But yeah. it, so to follow the technique, step three is the essence is um, Dan is under some sort of pressure or stress and he's concerned about something. Yeah. Yeah. And then I rephrase it in my mind. So step four, just to go back to the technique, step one, get triggered. Step two, pause. Step three, I looked for the essence, which is Dan is under some kind of duress. And step four, rephrase it to something more friendly. So then I just say to myself, what I would have wanted Dan to say to me is like, I'm a little bit stressed about something. Yeah. Okay. And then step five is where I go to you and I'm like, I share the rephrase version with you. So I'm like, hey, Dan, are you a little stressed about something right now? Do you have a time constraint? Yeah. Yeah. And then step six is like, then we get to, we get to interact on this whole other level. We've taken it away from being triggered and now we're curious and anything we say at this point is going to deepen our relationship. Yeah. It's very sweet. I like to be sweet. You you are sweet. You're you're <laughs> a delight. I'm sure I'm not the first to make light of your name in that sweet way. <laughs> it's true. Um, and that's why that's why I chose it. Oh, oh, is it a chosen name? Oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. Um okay, so we probably each have case studies, but I know you have one. So can you tell us about it? Yeah. And I, you know, we just did a, a hypothetical case study, but I'm happy to do this one because it's, it's real. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and it's funny. So when we talked a few weeks ago, I think this had just happened that day or the day before where I asked this colleague, dear, dear friend and colleague, I was like, Hey, can you write this article for me? <laughs> and he said something like, you know what, man, your strategy of moving fast and breaking things is part superpower but also part mentally retarded. (laughs) Which is, it's not, first of all, it's not inclusive language. And second of all, when I grew up, that's what we said. Right. And um, I don't have a lot of positive associations with that word, you know? Right. It was like, it's it's an insult. Yeah. It's not taking into account any of like the other things going on in that person's life. Right. So... I was thinking, I was like, dude, what the, what is, what is going on here? But I paused. He paused. And I actually paused for like 45 seconds. Ooh, that is a long time. It, it, it was a long it, pause. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, pausing for 10 seconds is really long. I would invite listeners to just give it a try. You know, someone says something to you and just try pausing for 10 seconds and you're going like, oh my God, I'm trying to, you know, I need to say something, but I'm refusing. <laughs> it's just excruciating. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Even for one second before reacting mm. is um, not necessarily before saying something out loud, but before having a that reaction loop from sensation yeah. reaction is you know, her- Herculean. But so I was, I was having all kinds of internal reactions and anger. Right. And then it took the 45 seconds for that to chill out. <laughs> and he gave me the space. Right. Right. And it was interesting. This wasn't, um, it was audio call. It wasn't video. Oh. Which I think helped, helped us give each other the space. Cause if he saw my face, I think it would have been different. <laughs> um, but I, I was like, I was like, okay, what is he trying to say? You know, I know, I know he loves me. Yeah. I don't. So my translation was, I think your article will be much higher quality and more effective if you take the time to do it yourself, even though it seems tedious right now. <laughs> and, which is my guess, what he was trying yeah. to say. And yeah. I, I didn't exactly use the technique. I didn't like confirm that with him. Mm. Well, I, I did. I was like, I think I did say, it. I was like, hey, what I'm, what I'm getting is that you think it'll be more effective in the end for me to write this article, even if I don't want to. Right. Right. And I just, I totally did not, I don't want to say I sidestepped because I, there wasn't avoidance in this, but I did not engage with his comment on the literal level of you're mentally retarded. Right. Right. You know, I went to the needs, which I think is the essence of this trigger translation. Cause we could have, we could have had like a whole 15 minute argument or conversation about that insult, or I could have insulted him. You know, there's like all kinds of paths that were open to me in this forest of possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It has the feel of also leaning in, um, which is a phrase I seem to use repeatedly. Just this idea that something is happening, you're repelled by it or repulsed by it. And your first reaction is to like get angry or shut off communication or run away or do whatever. And then you're pausing because you're not sure whether you want to do one thing or another. So by pausing, it gives you some time to do all this analysis that you're talking about. And then uh, and then translating, that's kind of a nice new thing. Um, and confirming that your translation is correct. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And there is, I think maybe part of this, and this speaks to what you're saying about leaning in, is there's a truth to it. And I think most of the time that we're triggered, we're triggered because, or let's just speak for myself, right? Most of the time that I'm triggered, I'm triggered because there's a truth to it. Yeah. If there was no truth to it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give a damn. I just move on. But there, there is a way that my way of doing things, there's a lot of positives to it, but there's, there's real negatives to it. And I don't think he chose a very skillful way of pointing that out to me, <laughs> but, but the, but the underlying truth is there and he had the courage to say it. Yeah. If one of our listeners forwarded the episode, who would they forward it to? Yeah. Well, the, the kind of snide answer is anyone interested in self-reflection. I guess so, um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but really most people in the modern world, there's two, they have two loci of conflict. 
you know, one, there's one locus in the home and there's one at the workplace. Mm. And so if you're noticing conflict either in your home or in your workplace, this technique can be just immediately effective. And I would say, even if it's not effective, because you're not going to get it right on the first time or, you know, results are not guaranteed, it will lead to something good. Yeah. It'll, it'll lead to a deepening, even if it's not effective in the way that you want it to be in the first try. So someone who would welcome a new technique to try at home or work, you could send this podcast to them. All right. Um, So we also like to provide a little 10-minute exercise for folks. And I'll recount this and we can talk a little bit about it. So uh, the idea here is to take 10 minutes and recall words someone spoke to you that triggered feelings of offense or anger. And then how do you feel physically when you think about it? That's kind of usually an interesting thing. We often don't center our focus on the physical when we're angry or whatever, but we change physically when we feel angry. And then take a deep breath and pause long enough to think clearly, giving the speaker compassion that they might not be a skillful speaker, might have buried their intent under some inappropriate words. Look for the essential information in the words and then rephrase that essential information in a way that appeals to you and note how you feel physically now. What do you think? Yeah, I I mean... I love it. I always want to build in some kind of community piece. Oh. Because that's that's how I learn. Yeah. So let's hear about sh- that. Sharing the experience with someone else would be something I'd want. Or I'd love for someone to then like one of your listeners who does this or yeah. one hundred thousand of your listeners who do this <laughs> to then share with you. You know, like what happened? Yeah. I'd love to hear more. If you try it either sharing it with a friend or trying this example yourself, um, do share it with us to info at mindfulagility.com. And if I get something like that, I'm going to forward it to Ankur Shah Delight, my pal who is with us today. Okay. Um, Well, thank you very much, Ankur, and hope you have a great week. And if anybody talks about how you're mentally retarded you have the instant translator at your ready now yeah it's already cached so that one um that one's great (laughs) (laughs) right it's gonna be a 10 millisecond operation now instead of 45 seconds yeah exactly all right um anything else yeah there is something else i it's a project i'm working on that i wanted to promote okay I'm developing something right now that's going to launch tomorrow. Oh. And it's a 30-day, it's actually a 28-day challenge for the month of July. And it's called the Elephant in the Room Challenge. Mm. And the idea is to invite people to sign up and we'll guide them through like an email a day for 28 days over finding something that is really holding them back in their lives and figuring out how to work with it in a few minutes a day over the course of the month of July. Mm. And it's, you know, it's free. And it's something that I'm really excited about because now, you know, I can share my work with my friends and just other other people. It's the kind of thing where it'll be like, 
fun to do. And if like you wanted to do it, Dan, you could. And then I did be like, hey, do you want to do this? And you send it to your friend and you guys could like do it together or whatever. Sounds good. I probably will sign up as soon as we get off this call. So how would people find the sign up for this thing? It's MomentumLab.com, mm-hmm. which is our website. And it's the it'll be the homepage. All right. That's great. That will be a great experiment to see if I can bring some folks to you. For more information on this topic, references, and other useful data are in the show notes. Many thanks to our guest, Ankur Shah Delight. The Mindful Agility Project team includes Morella Patali, Dan Dixon, and me, Dan Greening. If you want to support our efforts, share the Mindful Agility podcast with your friends. If you like reading, subscribe to our semi-weekly newsletter, The Mindful Sprint. That is a short two-minute read. You'll get it in your inbox if you subscribe at mindfulagility.substack.com or at our website, mindfulagility.com. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week. I'm Dan Greening.